A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish. This is Shelby. And this is Betty. I mean, <laughs> this is Ashley. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Um, this is um, my last week recording before my uh, maternity leave. So I don't know how long I'll be gone, but prob- I mean, definitely the rest of the year. And yeah. then we'll figure out <laughs> how to. How you can podcast with the baby. Back in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean,. I mean, people do it. It'll be fine. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna find Babies out. Babies don't change people's lives that much, no, right? Not at all. It's just like having another dog. What's yeah, yeah, dog? yeah, yeah. Really easy. <laughs> if it starts to cry, I just put it in its kennel. You know, let it do its thing. Um, I'm I'm gonna miss these like <laughs> chats because before we come on this podcast, I kind of always share a little too much information um, <laughs> with Shelby about my life. I'm gonna miss these little chats we have, even throughout the podcast. It's like. You know, just chatting yeah, about Taylor. Like one and, social yeah. interaction every week. I know. I, <laughs> I haven't know. seen humans like all year. Humans, what are humans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as if you're if you're paying attention, technically this should have been an epiphany episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our next track to cover, but I kind of felt like it'd be a downer to end our year on like, Oh, COVID sucks. Everyone's dying. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the point of life? Like we all just try and I don't remember the lyric exactly, but look for whatever point there is. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, we decided to skip over that little, um, downer. Not that she's not well-written and worthy of discussion. We Mm -hmm. might revisit her later. Mm -hmm. Um, but we are going to end the year strong fine on the final chapter of the love triangle. So that will be coming later, but Taylor Swift also thought, you know what, let's shower the universe with some more oh my gosh. uh taste content yes. so, so we were much. we got a lot to talk about in this uh <laughs> yeah. in this some things to taylor some things not to taylor uh, yeah but <laughs> still there's a lot of things to unpack to digest yes. to just I don't know, just to appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, starting off with the good news, um, we mentioned this earlier. Um, Taylor Swift's Red album was listed as one of Rolling Stone's top 100 albums of all time, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, it is. And we knew that she had been anticipated to do a podcast or some sort of interview with the Rolling Stones uh, podcast they're doing in talking about this list and so that came out this week and Mm -hmm. I woke up to it I listened to it it was just a delight to hear Taylor Swift again talking about stuff especially something as close to our hearts as Red. I know you know one thing that kind of shocked me because I I mean to be honest I just listened to it today Mm -hmm. Uh, my life is crazy I'm trying to keep (laughs) up with everything of and course. but all of the like the news articles I saw when I was scrolling through Facebook, all the ads was like Taylor Swift cons- confirms ten minute version of All Too Well, and I was yes. like, okay, um, she's already confirmed this. Like, why is that making news <laughs> now? Um, but the great thing that she did give us a little bit more information that we didn't have was it has fork in it it has the (laughs) f word in it and that gave me all like the you know the little butterflies because then I started thinking (laughs) what 
where did she put this F word? And so here are some Mm. options and you can – I'll tell you which one I think um, it is and you can tell (laughs) me which one you think it is. And you can also just like – if there's another lyric I missed. But so forking cruel in the name of being honest. We are forking in the car, getting lost upstate. (laughs) We fork around the kitchen in the refrigerator light. Photo album. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Photo album on the counter. Your cheeks are forking red. And this is the one I think it is. Maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you forked it up. (laughs) Right? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. interesting because a lot of people were like, what? Taylor Swift swearing. But. But someone pointed out, like, if you don't think Taylor had a dirty mouth at that age, you didn't see her MySpace page, mm-hmm. which has always been such a mesmerizing insight into Taylor Swift, the person rather than the persona, uh-huh. because that MySpace is just wild. And you can find like screenshots and all this stuff. I'm pretty sure it's all been verified, but I guess I haven't myself verified that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be fake news, but she but had we, a wild yeah. mouth. She does, And we've seen like pictures of her videos of her mouthing like the <laughs> f word and other words too to her friends so like yeah. i'm not surprised I, yeah <laughs> i'm not surprised like they're not at all right mm. and she in in telling the story on the podcast which again is something we've heard through different avenues but it was interesting to hear her confirm yeah. it herself she described how it was the first song she wrote for red she was in the thick of it she was emotionally feeling it that day when she went into rehearsals for um, a speaking out tour or whatever it was. And so she was with her band and she just started playing these chords and her band started to come in and she just started like singing (laughs) what would turn out to be her greatest masterpiece. Um, Just, just singing sort of riffing with the band and her sound guy was like, Hey, I happen to record that if you want that. And so then she took it, not knowing it would be anything. And that's when she had the 10, the 10 minute version, the F word in there. And she ended up calling up her old country um, co-writer, Liz Rose mm-hmm. to help kind of clean it up and shape it and, and give us what it is today. And I mean, that song is truly iconic. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so iconic. And she was so surprised that all of her fans like really hung on to that and clung oh, yeah. on to that song. But like, that's just a lot of her fans can relate to that so much. Like, I remember looking back, I was going through, and all of you didn't know this, a breakup around that time. And it was just something that really like just clung to my soul and I really related to. And even, so, like, she might have downplayed it and like, put it on the back like a, the back burner but for mm. all of us it's just like it was one of those songs that like it's it like just rang true to me and I remember texting my friend about it being like oh my gosh all too well like I listened to it like as soon as I woke up and it was just so relatable and so well written and just mm-hmm. very mature like and it mm-hmm. was so different than from what she uh, the other songs she has she had written Yes, mm. I know. I um, <laughs> I've finally finished my Taylor Swift rankings. Ooh, you need to share <laughs> it's been a well, journey. <laughs> you need to share some stuff with us. Um, I know, I know. I'll I have the whole matrix. list. I'm trying to like write it up, and then I'll I'll publish it to my um 
my blog or medium or something yeah basically that's the reach (laughs) I have but I'll like share it on Twitter and whatever because I know everyone here cares so much about what Shelby thinks but okay if Wonderland (laughs) is not on the is not up there then I don't think we can do this podcast anymore because I know I know no it's so worrisome I like talked to my husband about this he's like you're gonna get canceled and he's canceled fun of me but you have great taste a lot of the songs I will get canceled I'm sure I think you have great taste. I mean, you might be looked down on because of how low you put me or how high you put, <laughs> look what you made me do. But yeah, yeah, you I, got I, me pegged. I think you're going to have people who are in your corner. Like, I really Thank do. You. Thank you. We'll you're see. Um, but other news from the podcast that I thought was fun is uh, she talked a lot about how, you know, Red was sort of this, she mentioned the sonically cohesive or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, talk about the album and how I mean she said she was surprised this is the highest one that got on their list of hers but Mm -hmm. that that really impressed her like that she's happy about that because it was such a you know important time in her life where she did decide she talked about how she felt like even at 22 she was feeling like old news she didn't want to be stagnant she knew she had to mix things up for her fourth album and so she decided she wanted to play with all these different producers and sounds that she never really knew if she could do if she would do and that's of course how you got um, Max Martin and Shellback and she talks about writing with them and how how it was so mesmerizing to learn that production wasn't always just about music but you could use the vocal arrangement the song lyrics to create tension in a song and to like you know how they use the the we echo and we are never getting back together (laughs) yeah and the I knew you were troubled dubstep and all this stuff and she said she shared a moment where she loved being pushed by them because it was like oh, like this line has too many syllables. Can you go trim it down, Mm -hmm. but not sacrifice the story? And obviously Mm -hmm. looking at where she is now, she has managed to write a lot of songs without their help that are just as catchy and like all this stuff. And so she's clearly, she clearly like loves the production side, the um, creative side, the, the planning side. And that shows itself in how she works with these producers, but also how she now navigates her music in these later albums. Yeah, and she had said that Red was the reason why 1989 happened. She wasn't yes. sure if she was going to be, like, accepted into all these different rooms with all these different, like, people writing these, this different genre, but she was. And and it's just – it's so crazy to look back. If she didn't make Red, if she didn't – what she called it, she called Red her splatter paint album, just, mm-hmm. like, throw everything <laughs> up on the wall to see what sticks – if she didn't make this splatter paint album, like we not only would we have 1989 because she might have just like stayed in her lane, I guess. Like she's yeah. just a country country artist. She, no 1989, no reputation, no lover, mm-hmm. no folklore. Like that's so crazy to think about. Like we would just have like, I mean, you may might not be a Taylor Swift fan <laughs> because you don't like I country. Know. Like you like her old stuff. Like you like her country music. Yeah. But yeah. what really turned you on to her was like Red in nineteen eighty nine. So it's so interesting. Like she wouldn't have well, a fan I base. Mean, it was it was like love story. Yeah, yeah but, so you, it but wasn't. <laughs> when did but your Swifty card came up? Like you know. Yeah, like, I guess I became Stan. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. You like Taylor Swift, but like. It just always a little bit. I can't be canceled early. You know, You're not canceled. I, I was there, canceled. okay? I was there at the I'm beginning sorry. for most of it. <laughs> 
one thing that I really did like about it, I'm going everywhere. I'm this is my mm-hmm. this podcast is like my splatter paint thing. <laughs> I just go everywhere. But she talked about red being a metaphor for a true breakup. Yeah. And it's so funny because she's saying like it's just everywhere all at once. You're feeling all these feelings and like nothing makes sense and you're just kind of like there existing. And I like – and has she said that before? Has she ever said that it was a metaphor for a true breakup? Did I miss that? Because I love, love – um, I mean, that. I guess no. She did in the teaser for this. We got the clip where she talked yeah. about how it's her true breakup album. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, she sort of dived in on that more on the podcast. And it was it didn't give me enough Taylor because at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> they tricked you, us. You, you can kind of tell that it was like kind of like a little clip together a little bit edited yeah. with the conversation and you got some of um, Liz Rose and it ended it off the the last part of you know like Rob Sheffield and some other staff writers at mm-hmm. Rolling Stones talking about her and yeah. like I really I did really enjoy this you know it was it was such a great podcast, but I wanted more Taylor. I know she has so much time just, you know, she's, she's painting, she's yeah. quilting, she's probably knitting. Like, Re-recording. On. Yeah. Re-rec- what? <laughs> who? Who? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the messy news of the week and yeah. big news. Um I guess it was Monday. It was Monday because our Mad Woman episode came oh, yes. out the same day. It was like serendipitous. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Monday evening news broke that Scooter Braun had sold Taylor Swift's catalog for $300 million. And um, it wasn't known exactly who had purchased it. It was sort uh-huh. of a mystery. Lots of Swifties and thought maybe Taylor purchased yes, it back. Yeah. A lot of Swifties thought so because we're obsessed with... <laughs> Easter eggs and in her previous interview um, with Paul McCartney she had mentioned Mm. oh if I play a song 300 million times I'll just play it 301 million times you know Mm -hmm. and people were like oh my gosh what are the odds like this has to be this Um, they thought (laughs) there's all sorts of wild theories out there did you where was your mind when you first heard this story like did you think she had bought them did that concern you like what was going on I mean I mean the the best turnout would have been that she bought her her master's back and then I was kind of like oh if that's the case then Kanye probably had a hand in that but (laughs) it's just it just was I kind of just was waiting because I in true Swifty fashion, I'm always, oh my gosh, Taylor's going to do this. Taylor Taylor did this. Like, I'm always like, you know, I'm kind of just like boohoo the clown. So I was just <laughs> kind of waiting and just, I was just kind of watching what other people were saying. And then, of course, Taylor, you know, she saw all of our news, all of our information. <laughs> she saw everything that we were saying and she like, gave us stop. the tea. <laughs> she was like, hey, you guys, yeah. stop. This is what really happened. <laughs> you know, she was saying yeah. that it, it, it it sounds like her and her team was trying to reach out to Scooter to try and negotiate buying her master's back, mm-hmm. which I was like, good for them. Like, that, that's great. But what got me so livid was that before she could do anything, before she could look at any financials, put a bid in, anything, even get the sign <laughs> off that, like, yes, you can buy your master's back. Let's talk about it. She had to sign an NDA saying that she wouldn't say anything negative about Scooter in the press unless it was had to be like positive glowing review of him. <laughs> and this was before she could do anything, give him any money. And yeah. her team said, nope, that's not normal. And so she just was like, I can't, I'm not getting into this. She's not going to be, you know, manipulated and held back by a man because I'm sure I am positive that if he would have let that happen, 
she would have bought it for more than $300 million and she would have been very gracious about it. She's not a like 16-year-old girl looking for revenge. Right now, she's a 30-year-old woman looking to get her artwork, her life's work back. I don't think mm-hmm. she would have been petty about it at all. Mm-hmm. At all. So that, that, that was my – like I was just really upset. And then it went on to saying that – you know, the company Shamrock Holdings, um, which, interesting enough, I looked to see who, like, who owns it, and it's actually in the Disney family. Mm. Didn't know that. They bought it, like, 100% of her masters, and they actually had wanted to tell her before they bought it, but Scooter's team said, no, if you talk to Taylor Swift for any of this, the deal's off, <laughs> which, like, seems so shady. They just wanted to give her a heads up because she found out because they sent her this message. She had no idea mm-hmm. that he was, like, shopping around trying to sell her work. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, he he's still profiting off of it. Mm-hmm. It kind of sounds like – I was talking to my husband about it, and he does a lot of these, like, mergers and acquisitions and his day-to-day work. He was saying that what they, probably happened was – because he bought it for $300 million. So he probably had a price limit like $500 million he wanted to sell it for. But they didn't have that cash. So they sold it for $300 million. Mm. And probably within the next 20 years, they're going to give him some of the right. returns within the next like how – I don't know. I don't I don't know the exact details. Right. But that's what it sounds like. And then I think about it. I'm like Taylor Swift could have given you that and probably even more. Um, I'm not sure. But it just was – you know, Taylor was hoping to partner with them, and I'm just talking so much. And it's just Scooter, just being Scooter. Scooter, Scooter, Scooter. Ugh, yeah, so no, it was take. interesting. I um, I was definitely – like, this is something I've been thinking about because I was so excited about the re-recording selfishly. I and I was like, oh, she buys them, then that'll be sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is – I mean, obviously, on some level, I'd recognize, like, that's a great victory for her. Congrats. That's what she deserves. But on a very selfish level, I'd be like, oh, I was really looking forward to this. Mm. So when the news first broke, I was like, it was hard for me to imagine that Taylor would do it in secret like that. And so I was like, I don't know if she bought these. It would be weird. But then Mm -hmm. I also know she'd probably prefer buying them outright than re-recording everything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, her statement on the situation is just further proof that men are such babies. Like, just the fragile egos involved. I know. It's just like, okay, Scooter, congrats. And I think it's interesting, too, that he decided to sell these because that's clearly, um, you know, it hasn't been as profitable as he would have liked because she still gets a say Mm. in what he uses it for in some ways. And obviously, a lot of Swifties are very loyal and haven't been listening to the albums or streaming the albums. And so it's it was interesting too this angle that someone would want to buy them knowing how vocal Taylor has been about how Uh she's going to re-record. And so I don't get the business strategy there on Shamrock's part because... It seems like they'll just devalue pretty quickly. (laughs) So that's what I was talking. I was talking to Lance about this and maybe one, they thought, oh, Scooter's not in the, not in the way. So maybe she'll want to have a better relationship. Yeah. Have a better relationship. And then we can strike up some kind of deal where like she'll, she's able to like buy them or something like that. I don't know. And then because she doesn't want Scooter to prop it. And then I told my husband, I'm like, I don't know why they would buy it. Same reason as you. And he said, well, he's like, think about it this way. If you had the original Mona Lisa 
would you uh, and you know da vinci painted a second mona lisa already (laughs) he's like which one would be more valuable the original (laughs) or the copy even if it's and i was in my mind i'm like both yeah but um it is interesting to because maybe some people want the old twang taylor swift um but I'm excited because well, in right. this whole thing she wrote, she said that she has some surprises in store for us for her yes. recordings and she has ideas and I'm excited. Someone also tweeted, I don't I don't know him. I think he's a rapper, Blades. He tweeted saying thank you to Taylor Swift and that he's so excited. And he like <laughs> tagged her and then everyone was like, What? Is he gonna be featured on an album? You know, like inspiration was one of his hashtags. So I don't know, maybe she's working <laughs> Wait, with Wait, what did he say? He just He just said, um, thank you at Taylor Swift, hashtag inspired, hashtag something else. I think it was along those lines. <laughs> oh, interesting. So a bunch of people were like, you know, like, oh my gosh, is Taylor like working with Blades? Oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? I don't really know who Blades is. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, the Uh-oh. gist. Yeah, right. That's the gist that I got. And, I, and then he he was also tweeting about like um She's gonna do a cover that. of Thug Life. Yeah. Right. Um <laughs> he was also tweeting about um stuff like afterwards how how much he liked folklore. So maybe he was listening to folklore and mm. was like loving it and thank thinking you. Taylor Swift. Yeah. But it was funny because someone had said, because he had said he was he listened to it. And yeah. someone had mentioned the great American dynasty. He's like, oh, I haven't heard it. I'll have to go listen to it. Who is this guy? Fake fan. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she said that um that she's already started re-recording and it has proven to be both exciting and creatively fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And um I can't wait to for you to hear what I've been dreaming up, which Obviously, since Swifties into a tizzy, we've talked a lot about this re-recording yeah. over the last year since she really started announcing it. And um, uh, I mean, it's just like going to be really interesting to see what she does. One, because obviously it's all new songs, but it has to be new promotional pictures if she wants music videos she has to create music videos like all of that is part of her masters and so because they own the artwork any of that yeah oh poor baby right but that is why people were suddenly in a tizzy when she then won this week Mm. or she was announced that Apple she was Apple Music's songwriter of the year and she did a thank you video sort of talking about how much that means to her and she was spotted in a different look she had pretty straight yeah. i mean she had straight she hair straight hair. bangs yeah <laughs> yeah and it looked very reminiscent of her red era and people mm-hmm. were like i mean yeah this entire year we've seen her every appearance she's had she's been very natural very folklory very curled sort of put together like every single appearance that she's had and then suddenly this look was just so different that people are like it has to mean something well you know what your lovely podcast host matt thought it meant (laughs) he thought it meant that she was going into the nunnery because he said it (laughs) looked like he didn't like the hair he hated it surprise matt and it looked like she was um you know gonna like don on the gear and go into a nunnery (laughs) I I thought he was talking about it It looks like he was going to she was going to the hairdresser she had the little white turtleneck and the black he did say (laughs) that but then he also said a nun or he said said she looked like a nun he's so obsessed with her and then it looks like she was gonna go get her hair done those are the two things that he said well either way I I was feeling it I think it'll be interesting if she was because some people are like does that mean she's already really 
on to Red. Like she's on her fourth album already. Does that mean she's doing them out of order? Yeah. Yeah. Is she doing promotional photos and she's going to resurrect every iconic look of the era? Um, Who knows? I mean, that's what's exciting is that there are all these surprises in store. And that's not only just getting these songs with a new recording, but maybe she'll do maybe she'll do her tour versions or a B-side of all these different features or whatever it is. And we have no idea. So I don't know why we keep talking about it. <laughs> oh, I know. I want it so quick. So we got an email. This like ties yes. really, really well. We got an email from Evelyn. She's emailed us a first a few times and she, she, into, she began it saying, I know you don't like long emails. So I'll keep it short <laughs> and sweet. Bless you. Cause my ADD can't keep up. <laughs> Um, and it's just funny how we've gotten so many of those emails <laughs> saying yeah. that you don't like them. But she had a couple of questions. And some of them, um, one of the questions that she had, we're going to keep tea time oh, because goody. that's the tea. But she said she was wondering, will Taylor re-release them all at once? And do you think that she will do her holiday EP? <laughs> I hope not. To the, to the holiday EP? Uh, yeah. <laughs> But what about re-releasing yeah. all of them at, at once? I think, <clears throat> I think I think what she'll probably do is maybe because this like it, it marketing mind and money mind. Mm-hmm, my mind is going mm-hmm. like my mind's going that way. I think she'll do them like individually and then maybe re-release or redo like make some merch to sell because she's yeah. so high on the for these twenty four hours get this. So I right. think she's gonna do an album at a time over mm-hmm. the next year or two and then sell merch along with that or like she probably yeah. has some merch left over i don't know i don't know what they're doing i don't know if that yeah, artwork no, belongs like... to big machine though think... they might make new I stuff i don't know yeah um yeah i kind of feel the same i don't think she'll just drop six five albums on us all at once i think she'll make a game of it all like a fun journey of it all so whether that means one album per week or one album every couple months like I don't know. And it's clear her promotion game hasn't, isn't the same as it was like with Mm -hmm. 1989. So do I think she'll be like gunning for best album for all these old stuff? Mm. No, I think she'll be realistic about the fact that this is like, this is just a unique circumstance, Mm -hmm. but I think she'll have fun with it. I, I've seen a lot of Swifties talk about, is she going to do secret sessions for these re-recordings? Do you have an opinion on that? well maybe maybe in the future yeah maybe zoom like do you Um, think that would be anything she'd ever do even if covid wasn't a thing it depends on how busy she is it depends if she's gonna be going out (laughs) if she's gonna do like the lover tour and like the folklore tour i want to say yes and i want to say i'm gonna be at every single one of them but i don't (laughs) know I'm like, yeah. I'm like I I'm done predicting what Taylor Swift's gonna do. I know. Although you know I'm gonna do it. Um but well, one which one think, would you wanna be invited to if you if red. you could? I can't really I can't. red. Yeah. Yes, red. I, that's the biggest tell everyone this, you guys. That's the biggest regret of my life is not telling my husband that I want to go after we got married because we could have gone. So a secret session would count, but oh yes. would, oh would my make gosh. up for it. Yes, it would make like, I would die a happy woman if I got invited to that, like you guys. I would just be I'm done just snap your fingers Thanos and disappear yeah (laughs) did you see there's a couple of like Twitter moments when Taylor when Taylor had that podcast where she was like yes there's a 10 minute CD and yes I said the f word on it and some Uh of these people who went to I think it was what I guess I think it was reputation secret sessions but maybe it was lover 
um they were like we already knew this smiley face (laughs) so that could be you with all the tea on jake gyllenhaal i can't wait to be smug like that one yeah (laughs) Uh, so i did have this one thought because this is like taking us back to taylor swift's look and everything yes big machine scooter brown whatever they own all the artwork of taylor that Mm -hmm. during that time which means they own the pictures the album covers so we're going to get new album covers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like 30-year-old Taylor as like Fearless Taylor, 30-year-old Taylor as Red Taylor. I, I mean. I'm, I, I feel like she's not going to recreate albums. I feel like it'll oh, be like a nice package that. set of some sort of like. I was thinking since you, you said know. that maybe we'll see Taylor in different eras. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it totally could that. be. I don't know. But oh. I don't know. And that's what's – we're just, we're just guessing here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but do you think we'll get this, like, soon? Or do you think it'll be, like, a summer thing? Um, I'm I'm hoping maybe in all. the springtime. I mean, mm. maybe maybe during Valentine's Day she'll release Red. Um, <laughs> what? You don't think we'll get, like, a Swiftness CD? Uh, maybe. Uh, I just think Red would Christmas gift? I mean, Red would well, – I mean, Fall. Red is a fall yes. album. Oh, it's not so, a I don't know. February know. album. And it's a heartbreak. Okay, so <laughs> it would be great if she gave us that as Swiftness. It would be the best gift ever. <laughs> also, like yeah. Britney Spears has been, I, you know, I, I'm not. This is not me saying any theory, but I just commented on Britney Spears' <laughs> post like a month ago because she kept she keeps on talking about this project Red she's doing. She's doing Red, and we're going to find out soon what Red is. We're going to find out. <laughs> she's been saying this for like oh a month goodness. or two. And I commented, and I was like, are you recording a song from Red with Taylor Swift? <laughs> I just thought I had to tell you guys that because I thought that yes, was hilarious. That's an important investigative mm-hmm. question. So thank you for doing your due diligence. Yeah, you let us know what she says. I mean, we'll let, we'll see when she drops Red. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe Britney will that be would on be, it. Britney, that would but... be a fun surprise. Is if like Obviously, I want all the songs just as they are. Mm-hmm. But I think what would be fun... Is if she had a B-side that was more yeah. inventive, sort of like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's features or mm-hmm. whether it's mashups or whatever it is. I think there's room for her to throw things on oh. there to spice and it I up. Think, and I think we talked about that. Um, so I'm like sniffing away. I think we talked about that a few <laughs> weeks ago and I'm on board for that too. Yeah. B-side, A-side. Like give us the A and <laughs> yeah. B-side that we were saying whoever was going to have. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. We have to be right at some point. That's just oh. how we feed Taylor Swift ideas that she then gives back to us. A few what would years be great late. is that if she re-recorded with all of her musical heroes, you know, people yeah. who inspired her throughout growing up, and even who inspire her now. Because at 22, she was saying so many of these new great artists are coming up, and I want her mm-hmm. to record with all of these people. But I know. Anyways, Anyways we've got to move on. It's we it's too to. much hearsay. Um, it's but- Betty bitch. That's what it is right now. Yeah, no, we're excited to talk about this one. Obviously, um, it's it's an exciting one. We've talked about uh, August. We've talked about (laughs) Cardigan. We've talked about William Bowery, but here he appears again for his second feature um, on track fourteen, which Mm -hmm. is also interestingly the only one that's co-produced by both Aaron Dessner and Jack Antonoff. Yep. 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 So the whole family came together for this one. 
Mm-hmm. And Aaron Dessner on Betty said, it's this epic narrative folk song where it tells us a long story and connects us back <laughs> to Cardigan. It connects the dot. And he called William Bowery by William, but he says he's yeah. never met him. So he's on the first name basis with William. Oh, yeah. That's another Aww. mystery. I just don't know. We'll ever know. I think we'll know it's it Harry one Styles. time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> Yeah, he's been having a good week too. But um, no, and this is one that Taylor herself has talked about because uh, she introduced it to country radio and kind of gave Billboard some sort of blurb about it. And she said, this is where James has lost the love of his life and doesn't understand how to get it back. Mm -hmm. She said, I... I think we all have these situations in our lives where we really learn, we we learn to really, really give a heartfelt apology for the first time. Everybody makes mistakes. Everyone really messes up sometimes. And this is a song I wrote from the perspective of a 17 year old boy. I have always loved that music. You can kind of slip into different identities. You can sing from other people's perspectives. So that's what I did on this one. Plus I named all the characters in the story after my friend's kids. Mm-hmm. And this whole statement caused a lot of hubbub because, yeah, which we talked about, um, uh-huh. because a lot of people have read this love triangle as queer and that there's room to interpret it as being a lesbian love story rather than a which cis. It can be. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's, that's something we've talked about. I don't think we have to break it down totally here, but there's definitely mm-hmm. moments in the song itself where it can go either way. And we'll be able to kind of talk about that as we go through the lyrics. Um, but this is also one of the more well-reviewed songs on oh, the album. So many great reviews, which is funny before you can get into it, since we're kind of on like the the queer anthem, yeah. the Atlantic. I, I saw like the person who was giving this mm-hmm. review said that it made him stand up and put his hands <laughs> on his head while waiting for it to end. And then he pointed out like, cause he was thinking it was going to be like a, like a, a queer anthem. And he yeah. said, pointed out the, the first song where he felt like a tale of same sex desire before arriving at its bridge. And then he's yeah. probably like really sad that it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> James, we were all disappointed. Yeah, no. no, I mean, that's, what's interesting about the song is it's very old school Taylor. It's obviously the most country on the album. She pushed it to country radio. It debuted mm-hmm. on the country charts um, in its first week, which it's been a long time for Taylor since she'd oh, done that. And then she performed it at the ACM Awards this year, which was her first time back on that stage in seven years. So um, you can definitely see why she uh, pulled this song and and kind of, it's not a single, I don't mm-hmm. think technically, but it she was it sent to, to country. Yeah. It, when you put it, send it to a radio, doesn't that mean it's like a single technically? Oh, I don't know. I oh, tried I to verify and Wikipedia told me it wasn't, but I don't okay. know. <laughs> Wikipedia. I think that's one of the yeah. the like the checkoffs, but maybe there's a bunch of d- different like. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't, I don't know. know, but um, enemy. Uh, they called it a sweet tune that evokes a nostalgia for Swift's older sound. Mm-hmm. Pitchfork even loved it and said Pitchfork. it was a youthful hope of a song that reminded them of wide open spaces, but is notably wiser than the high school romances Taylor Swift used to sing about. And I think that's the general idea is that while this song does sort of typify the style that Taylor Swift became famous for with with high school songs like Love Story, I mean, You Belong With Me and um, Picture to Burn and all of this, um, this song is much more mature and paired with this trilogy, it's definitely more nuanced. And I think 
that angle of having these three different perspectives on the same album has been really interesting for people to kind of pick through and parse out. And so, I mean, it'll be fun to kind of break this down. I know it's going to be so, I I mean, (laughs) it's, it's a very like simple, there's not a lot of like in-depth, like through the weeds, like we're not in the weeds on this. It's very, Mm -hmm. you can just kind of take it as it is, but I love the song. I love some of the, I don't know, some of the traditional, uh, how do you say, how do you say traditional, like boys will be boys, I guess, (laughs) kind of like Uh, the gender norms. Yeah. Yes. The gender norms within this. If it is that, if it is. Yeah. Well, and this is one Taylor talked about on her, um, her YouTube Q and a before the album's release. And she said, um, that in this album she created character arcs and recurring themes that map out who is singing about whom and that these three songs specifically explore a love triangle from all three different all three people's perspectives at different times in their lives so quick refresher Mm -hmm. cardigan is obviously the first on the track but seems to be the last one in the timeline because it takes place from who we find out to be Betty um, looking back with sort of this hindsight on her high school relationship or her a relationship from her youth and um, and just kind of details this experience where her boyfriend cheated on her, but she knew he'd come back to her. And that's really what, you know, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, we see happen ah. on Betty. <laughs> <laughs> and then August is the second track, but kind of seems to be the middle piece of the puzzle. Um, and it's obviously from the, the, the lover's point of view. She's an unnamed narrator. Some people think it's Inez, but I don't think that makes sense Mm-mm. and we can break mm-hmm. down why. Mm-mm. But um, we recently talked about this song and it's obviously also from a more mature perspective, like something, someone's looking back. Whereas Betty is the only one of the three that takes place in the present tense mm-hmm. and is from the perspective of the of the cheater, the the boy of the story, I he guess, if know. we're going by Taylor. He just didn't know. Yeah, he just didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so I think I've talked about this before. I kind of think it's in like the ABC narrative where yes. like, yes, August is looking back, but she's looking back after the summer ends. And then, right. and then Betty is, you know, in like right there because he's at school and he's trying to win her back. And then, of course, Cardigan's like, yes, you know, that. an older, more mature 34 year old woman looking back at this. <laughs> yeah. It could be Ashley. <laughs> Yeah. And I love it. I mean, I think it's really interesting that she does layer these motifs, these mm-hmm. sim- uh, these images throughout all three songs yeah. and putting them side by side. It's just it's really clever the way she does it, even with timestamps lining up in some cases. Yes. And so we should get into it, break it down line by line because it's a wordy song, really. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think you're reading this week. Yes. So let me tell you the story of uh, Betty and James. <clears throat> <laughs> Um, he starts out Betty I won't make assumptions about why you switched your homeroom but I think it's because of me Betty one time I was riding on my skateboard when I passed your house it's like I couldn't breathe and then the there's sort of a pre-chorus I can read too you heard the rumors from Inez you can't believe a word she says most times but this time it was true the worst thing that I ever did was what I did to you Mm. So right away, I mean, that's that's fun about this song is it is it takes you right back to like old school Taylor, high school Taylor, like 
at least for me, like when I was high school, when I was in high school, the songs Taylor would write, the songs I would listen to, like it feels yeah. so. Well, it's like youthful. <laughs> she she puts us right there when it says like homeroom, skateboard. Yeah. You know, she gives you like the rumors from Inez. Like, there's all these things that like kind of take you back to the things you do yes. when you're in high school and you're young. You know, it's just. Oh, and we get the twangy, yeah, twangy Taylor, like with that mature like vocal cords of her. Yes, and I think um, it's just like it's a clever song, and it's fun to piece out because it is so story driven, and that's a lot of folklore. But this is very yeah. direct and very simplistic in its imagery, and you're kind of like caught up in the gossipy nature mm-hmm. of this song, where he's like. Oh, you switched your homeroom. I'm not going to guess why, but actually I am. Like, mm-hmm. let me just tell you, I think it's because of Inez. Like, you heard the rumors, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I love how she also sings, like, you heard the rumors from Inez. I can't sing, but I love – I just love that line. <laughs> I, like, will, like – I don't know what it is about that line. Oh, it's, it's just such a so fun great. song. Inez, it feels the so girl. peppy. And you're yeah. kind of, like, immediately on, on this person's side. You're like, oh, yeah, like – Everyone, like, let's see where this goes. I'm like rooting for you almost. And it's it kind of really reminds me of how, I mean, because when you listen to, you know, Betty and I mean, August and Cardigan, it's more slower, more mature. And then, like you said, this is more peppy. Everyone's on my side. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like those gender norms that you had talked about. You know, at first, like, mm-hmm. they don't believe the women. They're going to go, like, stand behind this guy because, oh, right. he's <laughs> nice to me. Oh, he's such a, 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 a happy no, he's guy. Just oh, a yeah, he's just a kid. He's just a boy. Will be boys. Yeah. So kind of like even like the, the, the pep of the song kind of puts you there, too, if you really think mm-hmm. about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because then you get to the the chorus where um, he sings this daydream where he's like, but if I just showed up at your party, would you have me? Would you want me? Would you tell me to go F myself or lead me to the garden? In the garden. straight to hell. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's what she says. Mm -hmm. Um, In the garden, would you trust me if I told you it was just a summer thing? I'm only 17. I don't know anything, but I know I miss you. Mm, Sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I, like, remember listening to this song right away, and I just loved it. And I I mean, I still do, but at the time, I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is so sweet. Like, this is so romantic, like, rom-com moment. Mm -hmm. And I did feel like it was very queer I felt like there was enough images there that it felt like there was some closeted tension like with him with her on her skateboard like avoiding her in homeroom like all this sort of idea that there's like some reason they can't be together and it and it mm-hmm. felt very girlish but in reading more closely it does also feel very boyish in that it feels a little gaslighty and kind of manipulative oh, for sure <laughs> like when he says i don't know why you switched your homeroom and right. <laughs> you know uh and then you go if i just showed up like it kind of like victim like if i come up yeah. and, I, and i tell you that i love you are you going to treat me like like shiz and just like yeah. throw me out the door and it's just i don't know Yeah, it puts the onus on her to forgive him. And he's like, I didn't know better. So you have to basically, which is interesting to the cardigan parallel, which she sings. I knew everything when I was young and his excuses. I don't know anything when I'm boys will be boys. Yeah, Yeah, no, like he's he's just thinking with one part. It's not (laughs) his fault. It's only 17. It was just a summer thing. And I think that's really interesting that, that she, sad. yeah, but that's what's so clever about Taylor is I love a good sad song that's disguised as a happy yeah. song. And I think that just speaks to how, how nuanced and like 
thoughtful Taylor is in her songwriting that, you know, you look at something like Holy Ground, which is one of my favorites, and it's it seems like such a fun song. You just want to skip down the city streets, too, and then you listen to the lyrics, and you're like, oh, this is a bummer. And here you're like, oh, yeah, James, you get that. You got this. Like, go, go get, get her. She'll kiss you. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, why am I rooting for this guy who can't even take responsibility? <laughs> I know. I mean, one thing that makes me upset about, and I've, I've talked about this before, um, it was just a summer thing. Like, yeah. that kind of downplays how how important Betty and how important the other girl are. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, oh, like. I just wasn't thinking about you. It was just the fling. And the other girl too. Do you know when you yes. see her side how she would drop everything to go with him and then he's just like, meh, whatever. Like he's kind of treating both yeah. of them like they're both indispensable. Like, oh, well, like yeah. you come no, and you exactly. go, but, I, but you'll take me back when I – because I'm just a boy and I don't know anything. Right. Usually it's so easy to write off the mm-hmm. the cheaty, the, the fellow cheater um, and the summer fling because it's like, oh, yeah, like bad girl, like wrong choice. And sure, that's mm-hmm. true. But then when you get August's perspective, like Taylor gives us, suddenly you do have this nuance where you're like, oh, man, like that's brutal that for her it was everything. But she even knew she didn't have someone to miss. She wasn't going to be someone to miss. And then he proves it with this one one quick aside where he's like, oh, yeah, it was just a summer thing. <laughs> And so then we get his second explanation in the second verse. I love it. Um, yeah, this is iconic. Uh, he, She says, Betty, I know where it all went wrong. Your favorite song was playing from the far side of the gym. I was nowhere to be found. I hate the crowds. You know that. Plus, I saw you dance with him. You heard the rumors from Inez. You can't believe a word she says most times. But this time it was true. The worst thing that I ever did was what I did to you. Worst thing. Thing that I ever did. Mm. Yeah. And this is also know. great, um, great imagery. You have the school dance. You can kind yeah. of picture that. And again, you can easily see where this like queer tension comes from, where it, the uh-huh. idea, you know, it, it feels very like Robin, like dancing on my own style. Like, oh no, I have to watch her dance with him yeah. instead of with me, the girl who didn't even want to be here and like all that sort yeah. of stuff. And it's a very sweet, I mean, sad, bittersweet sort of image. But then it's kind of like the dreaminess of it is broken by this pre-chorus where it's like, you can't believe Inez, except, you know, she turned out to be right. So, <laughs> But then he's also t- saying all the reasons of like, he, he once again puts it on her. Yeah. You dance with another guy. But then when you're kind of thinking about it, it's like, okay, you're at this this dance and you're there because she's there and you want her. And yes, some guy asks her to dance. It's her favorite song because she's going to dance with him. What's going to stop you if you really want her <laughs> from walking across the gym and saying, hey, can I cut in? If, yeah. if, if that's the case, like be a man, be – or be a woman, you know, just, you know, be an adult. At, you're 17 years old and just go up and, you know, let yeah. her know that she's loved. Like don't put it on her. Like it, is she supposed to chase you? Like what's, right. what's going on? <laughs> yeah no he definitely it's it's really interesting pairing this song with something like cardigan which is so emotionally mature and yes it's coming from a more mature perspective but her insistence is i knew everything when i was young and i Mm -hmm. knew this i knew this i knew this i guessed every move you would make because i'm confident in who i was at that time also he was showing her all the signs too yeah (laughs) the signs were there and right (laughs) and so then you have him here and it just feels like 
actually he is kind of immature. He's minimizing things. Mm -hmm. He's shrugging off responsibility. He's deflecting. He's, he's sort of like, I don't know. He, he's, yeah, like you said, he's refusing to take responsibility in any real way. And uh, it kind of leaves you with a bitter taste in your mouth when you really think about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It gives you that hope because this song really gives you that hope. Like, would you oh, yeah. have me? Would you want me? Or would, would you lead me to the garden? Like when I yeah. listen to the song and I don't really think about it, I am so hopeful. I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. I'm like, just like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to. This is going to happen. Yeah. But then you think about yes. it. You're like, oh, you're kind of a dick. Like, this should not happen. This is a toxic exactly. relationship. And she should run straight to Inez's arms. <laughs> Just go. go. Give us the, the queer love that we yeah. are asking for, Taylor. Yeah, because you have the chorus again. Um um yeah like you said um if i just showed up at your party would you have me would you want me would you tell me to go f myself or lead me to the garden in the garden would you trust me if i told you it was just a summer thing i'm only 17 i don't know anything but i know i miss you and then you get this bridge which is a very quintessential taylor swift build up um where he gives his side of the story finally and he says i was just walking home on broken cobblestones just thinking of you when she pulled up like a figment of my worst intentions she said james get in let's drive those days turned into nights slept next to her but i dreamt of you all summer long and it's like of course he thinks that's a romantic thing to say <laughs> no that, like the yeah. last thing i want to hear is when you are screwing when you're forking another girl yeah. that you're thinking of me it's like okay yeah. well then if you're really thinking of me you shouldn't have been screwing around right. with this other girl and you should go straight to hell like yeah mm. <laughs> And again, in Cardigan, she sings, she knew he'd miss me once the thrill expired. And so she predicted that. And here you see him be like, oh, yeah, like all summer I was with her. But you know what? I missed you. I, I, I'm here for you now. So like, isn't that enough? And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that Taylor still gives a lot of grace to him, even in how she describes the song where she's like, everyone learns to apologize. The 17 year old is on the doorstep you know asking for forgiveness like the worst mistake you make and that's true as people learn and grow but it is interesting how men are allowed (laughs) afforded chances more than women are even in Mm -hmm. looking at taylor swift's older songs and just how so much of it was about the emotional maturity of her as a as a girl, as a young girl, writing these experiences from 15, 16, 17, 18. And all the boys tend to either be jerks about the relationship, don't know that she's in love with them, don't recognize that she's the one that they (laughs) belong with. Mm -hmm. And it's always sort of this, like, the boys get to be immature and emotionally immature. And the women have to know everything that's going on. And and see all the writing on the walls. And yeah, so can I just point out that any in this situation, if Betty's mad or if she's like upset with him, he's gonna like her as crazy. <laughs> right? He's gonna be like, Yeah. Oh yeah, she's just crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's she's crazy. like, oh come on. I'm doing the look at this big emotional, this big romantic gesture. I showed yeah. up on your porch. Like, hello. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, wow, is that what counts now? Like that's really that's really proving your point instead of, you know, he's actually apologizing. For her. Yeah. He is fighting for her. <laughs> yeah, because then he sings, 
Betty, I'm here on your doorstep and I planned it out for weeks now, but it's finally sinking in. Betty, right now is the last time I can dream about what happens when you see my face again. The only thing I want to do is make it up to you. So I showed up at your party. Yeah, I showed up at your party. Will you have me? Will you love me? Will you kiss me on the porch in front of all your stupid friends? Mm. If you kiss me, will it be just like I dreamed it? Will it patch your broken wings? I'm only 17. I don't know anything, but I know I miss you. Standing in your cardigan, kissing in my car again, stopped at a streetlight. You know I miss you. And this bridge slash outro is brilliant and the production of it alone is great it really echoes that like love story key change um Mm -hmm. the effectiveness there because there's this moment in the sort of bridge outro last verse whatever you call it where it's really quiet and then suddenly it just crescendos and you're just like yes like kiss him like to your back it's so romantic this Mm -hmm. is so great i love it (laughs) and it's really hard not to not to root for him, not to like want it to be this beautiful, happy little rom-com moment, this this pretty in pink sort of moment, mm-hmm. uh, the John Hughes movie, like credits rolling moment. Um, and I just love that Taylor gave us all that musically, but then ultimately really overshadowed it by some pretty annoying <laughs> stupid friends yeah. that makes me so mad because he's like <laughs> yeah. these friends are just stupid they hate me because yes. they're just stupid they exactly. don't they hate you all of her friends are on her side because they know what you did and they told them <laughs> everything like and they're they're standing up for their friend and they're probably mad at you but they're stupid like that just got me so yes. mad in front of <laughs> stupid friends I'm like no i know no and it's great because she she really does like put in some really beautiful um lyrics here like i like it's finally sinking in right now is the last time i can dream about what happens mm-hmm. like that's such an interesting way to frame it because yeah sometimes your anticipation your nerves like that's a bigger moment than what actually ends up happening and he can't predict like either way how that'll go and like mm-hmm. that quality of I don't know. Like, I just, I really admire how she's able to really put us in the frame of mind of a, like a believable space of a 17 year old boy that I'm like, oh yeah, this checks out. They're all this douchey. And also I'm wondering what kind of party is this? Is this her birthday (laughs) party that he's not invited to? Is it a celebration graduation party? And he's kind of like ruining her moment, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and depending on how she feels about him, because in, in in this situation, he it's so upbeat, it's so like how you get the girl, like this mm-hmm. is like the end of a movie, but we don't know. I mean, we I assume from from Cardigan that she does take him back because she knew he would come back, and so she had that little play, placeholder for him. But like, it might have taken a while for her to take him back. Maybe she, maybe he showed up the party. Because it doesn't really say. I know it says standing in your car again, kissing in my car again, stop that a street light. You know I miss you. It kind of feels like maybe he's reflecting on like what, you know, these little highlight oh, yeah. flash reels of their relationship. But what if this – like she's still in that place where she's trying to like, you know, just heal. He shows up and she just like pulls a Taylor Swift moment and goes and cries in the bathroom. But not because <laughs> the guy didn't show up but because he did show up and she's yeah. just like, I can't. I can't. I'm not healed right now yeah I mean I think looking at the trilogy I don't think um Betty ultimately took him back I think what's so interesting about it is is Cardigan is such a different song like they 
they sound nothing like each other. Like there, there's no relation except like images and um, correlations. But it's so somber. It's so melancholy. It's contemplative. It's disappointed. Whereas mm-hmm. Betty is just like this, this jam, this like <laughs> anthem, and it's and it's so obvious how different their worldviews are that James thinks it's as easy as saying sorry whereas Betty knows it's as difficult as like realizing that someone's living up to your worst expectations Mm -hmm. and I think it does such a great job in this outro where he's like he gets to live in his fantasy world because he hasn't knocked on the door yet. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is going to go so well. We're going to get back to where we were. Like, no big deal. It was just a summer fling. We're going to be kissing. We're going to be driving. We're going to be, you know, this will work. Like, what else does she want from me, basically? And that's why I really like this line. Will it be just like I dreamed it? Will will it patch your broken wings? Like, Mm -hmm. he thinks... All it will take is one romantic gesture, one big kiss on a porch, and it will be fixed. But he hasn't even had the balls to really apologize for it. He just says, oh, well, I was 17. I didn't know anything. Yeah. He's not going to say anything. It's not like he's going to actually realize. And he's still 17. He's still, yeah. <laughs> obviously, he still doesn't know anything. So what's going to make her, if that's his excuse, I'm 17, I don't know anything. What's going to make her trust him? Like, okay, right. you're 17 still. Like, yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like he really thought through his actions. And there okay, there are times where people do cheat on other people. And it, it comes to a point in their relationship where they really have to reflect on it and they have to talk through it. They have to work through it and they have to, like, decide to mm-hmm. meet each other, like, at a common ground. But, they're, but that takes someone – that takes people to, you know, just really – have this open conversation, be yeah. so raw with each other. And this does not sound like a raw, <laughs> heartfelt – forget asking yeah. for forgiveness it just seems like oh, do, 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 do. it's all over i'm over <laughs> that i'm here now let's not think about it oh yeah forgive me no exactly it's and i think that's what ultimately i'm like okay i could see this this is clearly a dude like this is 100 percent. oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah i mean not to say that it can't be queer not to say that a woman can't also be this annoying and frustrating but it does seem to fill a certain trope that Taylor has explored in her various takedowns of immature men in past songs. And you also have the references in Cardigan of, of James leaving like a father, Peter losing Wendy. And those are the only um, uh, male pronouns, I guess, that you get in any of the songs. So it's really open to it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're pretty devastating. Leaving like a father. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, so could this still be the queer anthem you want? Sure. Yes. I just think it's a lot sadder than I first thought on mm-hmm. first listen. So I'm like, mm, maybe this isn't like the which, happy ending I was feeling. Which is very interesting, though, because when you're re- when you I'm going to take this all the way back to the podcast that she did for Rolling Stones. When she came in with I Knew You Were Trouble, she was saying that it was like this sad, slow song. But then Max Martin and Shellback were like, let's put it up a beat like you know, like just put these like these like drum like hard like fast rhythm in the middle of it, and then that kind of changed like the way you're, you you heard the song and how you like took it, and it, it was still sad. He she knew you were trouble, but it was more like a rock anthem. Yeah, and this is kind of what happens with Betty too. It's just so upbeat. You're kind of like not really thinking about yes. the like the serious consequences of what happened. It's like oh no, mm-hmm. he's just a boy. Yeah, Which, when you think about it, like think about. 
sometimes I downplay people who are younger than me. I'm like, you don't know right. anything. You're so young. Like, I'm like, oh, you don't, you're, you're 16. You're not really <laughs> in love. Like, no, you're like my, so my parents, my mom met my dad when she was 15 and my dad Ew. was 17 and they're married. But I'm sure back then, like my grandparents were like, mm, you're 15. You don't know anything. There's no way you can end up <laughs> together. So like, I don't yeah. want to downplay this either, but it's still like, I don't know. It's just well, that's the whole point of yeah. Cardigan is that, yep. Is that she did know and mm-hmm. she saw this. And I think that we can't write off teenagers or young people's no, you emotions or reactions or feelings or expectations because those are real and they're happening, mm-hmm. even if they're happening on a more hormonal level than you get later in life. But and I think it affects it is, you later in yeah. life too. Exactly. Yeah. Like some of the things that happen when you're a teenager, like Betty right now might be going to therapy, trying to get yeah. over her issues of trusting men, which she's over this, yeah. but it's like, it stems deeper. You don't know that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's so clever about this trilogy on something like folklore is it just shows how different people can tell the same story and have completely different experiences. And that's sort of the essence of folklore as a, as a subject itself, not just the album, but where all these stories, it all depends on who's telling it and who's mm-hmm. passing it down and what they want to take away. It's like yes. an extended telephone game. And mm-hmm. if you talk to Betty, if you talk to James, if you talk to the woman in August, every ending is going to end up a little different. Every takeaway is going to be different. And I think that just speaks to Taylor's emotional intelligence now that she's able to parse out these three very different stories. Yeah, I love it. Lover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's it. Those are the three, those are the three, the love triangle chapters. Who knew we'd have so much to say? I know. (laughs) About Betty. Huh. I love it. But that is the song of the week. Um, Do we have any tea time this week? I think we do. Um, I think this week and last week as well, Taylor hit hit us with some, some new merch. Yes. And some some merch that only cost twenty bucks, but you know, just like the folklore um, lovely guitar, nothing as much as like seven hundred dollars, like the folklore <laughs> guitar that they uh, they put on the merch side a few like months ago. But we have bags, candles, other things that are like a wrapping paper, seventy, eighty. <laughs> that paper is forty dollars, and I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? That's the thing is, yes, and, these are expensive and probably overpriced, but And do I wrap them, well? No, I do not. <laughs> I wrap like I I wrap presents like I'm five. Who years is old. going <laughs> to be worthy of the forty dollar wrapping paper for you? I don't is know. Is it husband but, only or <laughs> But the good it depends on how much they it says four rolls. I don't know. I they gave the dimensions, <laughs> I do not think. It depends and the good thing about this is I don't have to wrap it for Christmas. I can use it for birthday gifts oh, that's for because yeah. it's all these different colors. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. But the the how how much was the candle that sold out in like a New York minute? I think it was sixty dollars for a candle. <laughs> yeah, did it smell everyone, like the the one? No one knows what it her. smells like. Oh. You know, that's the problem. Yeah, I don't know if it was described. I think it just uh, it just had some of the similar to the wrapping paper sort of paper on it, and maybe a line from one of the songs. Um, um and people bought it, and it sold out. And you know what? That's why they keep selling these at these insane prices i think Mm -hmm. what frustrates me more than the idea 
of Taylor thinking it's worth that much or something is more that the quality of these items never live up to the price. And I just know that UMG or whoever's handling her merch is just making a huge, 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 huge profit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about the cardigan. I know people are so excited about the cardigan. They love it. They love it. Love it. Because some of it fits really well for other people. Yeah. But um, I had a friend message me because I got my cardigan from my friend uh, Joanna. If you go to her Instagram account and so she knits, you can check it out more because she shared all of the lovely, um, just the I can't think right now. The details, but also the the the. The tr- you track it. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to talk today. The but, like the journey. She shares the journey oh, of like oh, from oh. beginning to end, and yes. I got that, and that fits me really, really well. And I had another Cute. friend um, who emailed me and he, or messaged me, and he was saying that um, maybe he'll reach out to my friend Joe to see if he can make her a custom one because the cardigan, even though the Christmas, the new Christmas merch is one, there's like different color cardigans. And one of them is like shown from a, like a guy wearing him. He said like for him, you know, that guy was super, super, super like tiny, like extra small, tiny for him. He bought the size that would normally fit him, but it's like, it goes up to like his mid belly and he's not like a huge (laughs) guy at all, but goes up to his mid belly. He won't leave the house with it on because it just, it doesn't fit him and it's, and it's expensive. And then you just, you know, it's frustrating. And that's yeah. just one one example. That's why I didn't buy – like, I bike a lot. I didn't buy the biker shorts because, oh, like, yeah. I didn't <laughs> – I think it's – the more bang for your buck is going to be, like, the ornaments where you don't have to wear them if they're not, like, right. don't fit well. But, you know – and it, I don't think it's Taylor. I think it's UMG who is making – because you can kind of see how different – because the merch, which – our lovely Evelyn asked, she said, how do you feel about her new merch strategy selling stuff for only a t- certain timeline? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a new thing with the UMG. So I wonder if that's Taylor's or if that's UMG. Yeah, no, I feel like um, people have been complaining of merch. I mean, they always do. Right. And I think mm-hmm. um, it's hard to find a happy medium. I don't know why merch has to be so expensive, except that it's basically just because people buy it. Um, but yeah, I've I've decided I have to avoid things like clothes and I I like my lover bag I got. The Stella McCartney water bottle mm-hmm. has been my yes. best friend through mm-hmm. pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like things like that maybe are worth the price tag, but ultimately you can but go also, on Etsy and find a lot of these knockoffs. The so <laughs> I was just thinking I bought a Taylor Swift oh, yes. water bottle for folklore haven't gotten it and i bought it in july (laughs) um all of the christmas stuff that that she sells like last week was five to six weeks shipping unless you click split shipping so shipping's free but if you click split shipping it's like twenty dollars to split shipping which i'm like (laughs) no and then this week's merch was like two to three week shipping. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm buying something for Christmas that I'm not going to get until after Christmas. Maybe that's why yep. they did the the wrapping paper. Yeah. The colors. <laughs> They're like, fine. Yeah. yeah, no, it's always a disappointment and a source of frustration for Swifties everywhere. And I have nothing but sympathy for them. But I don't know how to fix it. So if anyone has either. any ideas, you can uh, email us and, and we'll definitely forward it to... 
to the correct got people. No insight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Taylor listens to this podcast, so you guys, oh, she right, right, is right, right, going right, right, to hear. Right. right. So. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Don't even worry about it. But I'm glad we got to do this last episode. Oh, there was so much to cover. 2020 and 2021 will be so much better. We're going to have a new baby yes. Swifty in the world. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Bringing in positive energy. Um, And uh, we hope to keep seeing you guys on social media. We're at Swiftish Podcast on Instagram and at Swiftish Pod 13 on Twitter. Keep an Um, eye out for some CD giveaways. Yes. Yes. Giveaways coming your way on Instagram. Um, If I... Uh, you know what? No, officially my ranking is done. I'll share okay. that and then yes. people can see if I have taste or if you yes. guys are canceling switches for good. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. Just Ashley for had no part in this. So so don't blame her for my bad taste if if you think that's the problem. Um but anything else? No, you know, you can always go to Apple Music iTunes podcast, find Swiftish podcast, rate us five stars, tell us why you love us so much so Mm -hmm. other Swifties who listen to podcasts and love Taylor like we do can find this gold. Just find, you know, hear us (laughs) talk about Taylor Swift all the time. Exactly. But until 2021, I'm Ashley. (laughs) And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, if we showed up at your doorstep, would you have us or would you tell us to go straight to hell? Uh, yeah. I'm going to call 911. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> yeah.